Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Friday, July the 7th. Back in the saddle, back, uh, on the, back on the video, as they like to say. We took a few days off there for July the 4th and a few other things, uh, a few family events. But here we are. And uh, as we like to do on Fridays, we're touching base with our good friend, George Rodriguez. George, you're probably going to ask me, why am I wearing a jacket when it's 100 degrees in in North Texas. And maybe you were not going to ask me that. I'm just going to No, I was very curious. You were curious, yeah. Well, this is actually a very light jacket. This is uh, not a jacket that the, it's a cowboy's jacket, but it's not a jacket that the cowboys would wear when they're playing below zero games in Green Bay. This <laughs> would not help you if, if we were playing in Green Bay in December or January. This is like actually a light one. Yeah, very light one, so that's why um, I'm not, uh, as they say, uh, I'm not as crazy as I look. But how you been? How is the weather in South Texas? It's been very, very hot, very, very good. Um, we've had an occasional shower. We had a, a shower yesterday, last mm-hmm. night, uh, which has made everything very, very humid. Right. Uh, I participated in a in in a in a Fourth um, uh, of July parade on uh, on Tuesday. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I also um, ate more than I should have on fourth. Uh, got back into the saddle into like you, uh, back to work on uh, on Wednesday and uh, yesterday. Uh, did a um, an interview with Telemundo that I think we're going to talk about the topic. Yeah, of, we're going to talk uh, about that in a minute. Yeah, we're going to talk. Now that was a local Telemundo, right? The, no, that was the national one. That, the was, national the, uh, that was the national feed out of out of Miami. Oh, I see. All right. Well, anyway, we'll we'll get into that. That's one of our topics today that we want to talk about what's going on in schools. But I got to begin, George, saying happy birthday to George, I mean, to Ringo Starr of the Beatles, who wow. is 83 <laughs> years old today, 83. Now, you know, the idea of the, the Beatles in their 80s was probably something that I don't think anybody, none of us, thought that would ever happen. Remember uh, when, when they did that song, When I'm 64? When I'm 64. When I'm 64. Exactly. Well, this is <laughs> way beyond that. I mean, this is almost 20 more. Yeah, so, I remember when, you know, that when they were uh, first getting popular and Ringo was 25 years old and he was considered the old man yes, in the group. That's and right. that was when he was 25, so I don't know. Well, and George was the youngest one. George was yes. the, George the very Harris youngest was the young one, one. Was the young one. So, I mean, those they were in their early 20s back then, which is, you know what is remarkable? I wrote a post at the American Thinker today. I would invite everybody to check it out because 
I was actually writing about the story of Ringo and how lucky he was. This is a guy who three months before the Beatles had their their their, their first recording re, studio recordings in August or September of 1962, and three months before that, Ringo Starr was the drummer in a local band. I wouldn't say he didn't have a future, but let's just say he didn't was, have the kind not, of future. It was not going to be what the Beatles became. Right, and he probably, he would have ended up like a lot of other people do who maybe play, play music on a part-time basis and because yeah. and, there was never really enough money to live on, uh, just being a, you know, a drummer in a local band, especially in Liverpool, which is a smaller market. But, you know, he came into the band. He was brought into the band because George Martin, the producer, said, I don't like your drummer, who at the time was Pete Best. I don't like him. I don't think he's capable of holding uh, the timing that I need for a professional recording. So they made the change. And, and, and what, a, you know, what, a, what a change of fortune. So that's why my, my article over at the American Thinker, it's called The Luck of Ringo. Because uh, I don't think of, I mean, you think of Ringo, you think of a very lucky guy. Who happened to be at the right moment at the right time, as they uh, as they like to say. Well, let's talk a little bit. Why don't we begin with uh, the interview that you had with with Telemundo? Tell us about that. How did that happen? Well, that's a very very hot topic that we talked about. That is the uh, the Texas state law uh, that uh, is, uh, I guess, in in September it's going to become effective. That. Um, uh, minors in the United in in, uh, in Texas that uh, minors will not uh, be allowed to get um, uh, gender blocking or hormone blocking uh, drugs that they will not be given treatment uh, so that they can change their gender and um, you know it, it this is it, this is a very hot topic in my opinion that the Democrats just seem to really really be uh, rabid about uh, the issue of a child choosing their gender and then you supporting it, uh, the parents supporting it. Now, uh, you know, again, like I told the, like I said in the interview, uh, if a child wants to, uh, you know, uh, become a pirate, I love what Bill Maher likes to say is that, you know, when a child, that when he was a child, he wanted to become a pirate, but he's very happy that his parents didn't go out and cut off his leg and take out his eye. Um, they're children, and they really, really, you know, you've got to be a parent, right. and you've got to be uh, strong enough so that you um, delay any kind of decision they really are serious about until they're old enough to, uh, until they're, they're, they're adults. Right. And at that point, if they're an adult and they still want to uh, transition, then they can. But uh, for a child uh, to be uh, surgically altered, to be provided um, drugs to alter their hormones, uh, you know, to me, it really, it, it really borders on child abuse. Well, it is. It is child abuse, especially uh, when in many cases the parents are not even told about it. I mean, this is well, happening that's the other thing. Yes. behind their backs. Uh, no, I think you're right. It, now, uh, this, is, this is an issue where I don't understand the Democrats because this is not California. Exactly. Okay? This is Texas. And it's a little bit different here, you know, the mindset, um, even in, in South Texas uh, with their Democrat traditions, it's still a very conservative part of the state, very religious uh, people. And, you know, it, 
I've had this discussion myself with some people and, you know, and of course the first thing they try to do, and I don't know if this happened to you in, in your interview, the first thing they try to do is they're trying to say that you're intolerant. That's it. Okay. That's it. You're intolerant. And, and I get offended when they say that to me uh, because I say, wait a minute, wait, we're not talking about tolerance. You know, tolerance is one thing. I mean, look, I don't care what someone's, sexual orientation is. I've been across the table from lots of people over the years doing business, buying and talking and debating and whatever. And I've never asked anybody for their sexual orientation. It's never come up. It's not an issue. It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter to me at all. Or as you indicated, if an adult wants to become a man or a woman, well, okay, you're an adult. You do whatever you want to do, but here we're talking about children. The, and the other issue, the other issue that was very, very strong in, along those same lines, the reporter was very, very pushy on, was the idea that somehow the state was for, enforcing, was forcing its will on an individual. And I had to remind him that the state, the state legislatures, legislators that were making the decision were state legislators that were elected by a majority of Texans. It's not like it was a. It's not like the governor has set out an edict right. uh, by himself, or that uh, it's it's a government of minority. It is an elected government mm-hmm. by Texans, and like you said, you know, this is Texas. This is not California. Right. So a majority of us, you know, clearly think uh, in a conservative manner and clearly supported what uh, what the legislators act. Right. And this is not an opinion of a court, which is... It's not. That's the other thing. I mean, if, if a court would come up with a, an opinion like this one way or the other, it wouldn't have the same legitimacy as as a legislature. Yeah, I, I just... But this is an issue, George, where I truly do not understand where a lot of these Democrats are coming from. Because but they've got... The, the parents. Yeah, but they've got to they've got to see yes. that overwhelming majorities of people oppose this kind of stuff. I mean, this is the polling evidence supporting that. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't see any of them going into the churches or the local communities saying, "Hey, you know, I'm in favor of this or that." I mean, I I, I wonder sometimes if this is, and I like to get your opinion. I I actually think this this is the Democrats playing, or some Democrats, I should say, not all of them, some Democrats who are sort of playing both sides of the coin in the sense that when they're back home, they say, well, you know, I'm one of you. You know, I'm a moderate like you. But then when they go on TV, uh, maybe they they get more liberal. That's happened to me. You know, I, times when you're debating a, a Hispanic Democrat, when they're a lot more liberal once the camera is rolling than they are one-on-one, you know, one-on-one. It seems like they feel like they have to adopt these postures because, let's face it, a lot of their money comes from these groups, George. That's right. That's right. I think, you know, again, pandering may be the word, but I think that that, that's more uh, political theater. However, it's political theater that is not working for them because they are doing it, they are playing it out in, 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 in public, and it's turning out, it's turning off people, and it's going to turn the vote out against them. I agree. I agree. I mean, I, I don't know any parent who supports this kind of stuff. Um, you know, I, I really don't. 
and I, I really don't. And if you want to understand why so many parents are doing homeschooling, and again, it's not as bad in Texas as it is in other places. I mean, but in, no, you go to California. The, the reporter, and during the interview, the reporter brought up two instances, two examples of parents, low-income parents who are very upset because they cannot uh, provide the gender-changing tr gender tr treatment for their child. And um, that one of the children has has threatened suicide, and, you know. And first of all, I pointed out that that's the exception; that's not the rule. And then, secondly, a child that's that is threatening suicide uh, over not being able to uh, change their their gender, um, in my opinion, probably has more uh, issues going on than just the issue of uh, transitioning their sex. Right. No, I think you're right, and and I think we can all have compassion. We can have compassion, but I don't think the state should be paying for any exactly. of this. I mean that uh, if you want to, you know, set up a GoFundMe account and and do that privately, uh, but the idea that the state should be paying for this is uh, especially when the state legislature says no. Yeah, the state legislature. Yeah. So I mean, uh, the will of the people. It's called the will of the people. I believe. That's right. No, that's right. That's right. So I, I, I just don't understand, uh, you know, some on the other side who are promoting this and and they're promoting it in the name of civil rights, which is yes, to me shocking. Terrible. This is a right. Yeah, this is now. I a didn't civil know that right. this was a right. Yes. I mean, this is not a civil right. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's almost like a. I uh, mean, I, I, I looked in the Constitution and I'm I'm not sure exactly where that is. <laughs> No, I, I'll try to find it, but I don't. I didn't find it either. Let me know. Time. Let yeah, me know. I, I will. I'll let. I'll send you a text with the line in the Constitution, but I don't think I'm going to find it either. Well, the other issue in Texas is the property taxes, and that seems to be going back and forth. You know, I, I guess I'm a little surprised that it's taken this long, George. But on the other hand, when you're splitting 32 billion dollars and you've got so many billion with a B, with a B, yeah. And you're splitting all these interests between rural and local and, I mean, urban. I guess you're going to have, you know, you're going to have a few, how can I say, uh, a few differences, uh, people. But I, I you know, I, as I was telling a friend today, you know, uh, yes, it is a little confusing in Texas. But I'd rather have a legislature argue about dividing or returning $30 billion in property tax or taxes than California, where they're going to have to make up a, I don't know, it's a huge number, uh, billions of dollars in deficit. New York just learned that there's been a drop of something like 20% in wow. their tax collections. So I guess I'd rather have our problem where we're debating, you know, how, how big of a, yeah, what to do with it than to have the problem that other states have. But at the end of the day, I think it comes down to this, George. I think the Republicans need to show that they can get things done, that they can govern. And I think they will. I'm confident that the governor will pull this out. But it's a little frustrating. I, I thought it would go a little faster, George. Yeah, leadership, Silvio, leadership is about making decisions. And making decisions about get, who gets money is, you know, has got to be the hardest in America for a politician. Uh, a friend of mine who is a uh, probate attorney was telling me about how the bigger the will, the more battles there are. There are. And uh, this will, this uh, amount of, of money that we've got uh, in the billions, uh, 
everybody in there and everybody's got their hand down and some people are not going to get as much as they want and some people are not going to some interests are not going to get anything so uh the um uh, you know a a politician just wants to be popular and making a decision as to who gets what uh it it, it is it's it's a very very taxing if i can use that word trying uh, uh moment uh in the texas state legislature right now well, and as I said before, it's certainly a lot easier to go through this than to go through the opposite. Yeah. Which, you know, New York is going to have to go through. I mean, California, I don't know what the exact number is, but it could be as much as our number, but a red number. I mean, well, and they're going to, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're actually, in spite of what they're seeing in California with their, with their uh, taxes, with their, with their deficit, they're still considering the whole idea of reparations in the state. Yes, I, you know, that that is, uh, I mean, this is a golden opportunity to tell people that we cannot afford it, but they've raised the expectations to such a degree. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know how they, I don't know how they walk away from it. It's it's going to be a very, uh, it's going to be a disaster. It's going to be an absolute disaster for them. But it is. No, it is. You're exactly, you're exactly right. Well, let's, let's talk about another topic here that you might have some uh, familiarity with, and that's the White House. Uh, as as you've said before, you had worked uh, in both the Reagan and the first Bush White House. And when I say work, you were in the White House, meaning you yeah. have to. Well, in the, in the Reagan White House, in the Reagan White House, I I, I had a little office, a cubbyhole there, mm -hmm. uh, and I was in there for eighteen months. Yeah, so you uh, know so. what you have to go through every day when you enter the White House, the security. Yes that you have to go through every day when you go into the White House, even though you had a job there, you still have to prove, I guess, you have to go through, it's like taking a flight. I mean, you have to, have to go through the checkpoints. Mm -hmm. And so when you heard about this cocaine in the White House, I mean, I was shocked. What was your reaction? You know more about, you know, the, the building itself than I do, George. So what was your reaction? Yeah, I was very, very shocked. Um, I was also very disappointed because it's a very poor reflection on not only the character of the people that are in that White House, um, but also a, a tremendous flaw of uh, the security. Now, um, let me tell you, uh, let me give you a quick comparison story is uh, that uh, there were many times when we would work late, uh, if not overnight, in the White House, because we were we were in the press section, we were preparing, as well as in the community uh, outreach sections, which meant that we prepared uh, briefing books for the president whenever he was going out of town or whenever a dignitary was coming into town, et cetera, et cetera. So we worked um, uh, overnight or late nights, and uh, consequently, there were occasions when we would uh, go out, grab a sandwich, and then run back in, uh, and in some cases, bring the sandwich or bring the pizza. Okay, and we would get in trouble at times, uh, depending on who was smelling the pizza or how bad it smelled, of uh, bringing it in. And uh, so, uh, you know, the um, uh, obviously the, the Secret Service didn't, you know, that was not their deal. So you bringing in a pizza was not a big deal to them. But um, uh, especially you know, if you gave them a, a little. Well, yeah, and they did. And that was one thing that we always did. We shared it with, with the Secret yeah, Service. Right. Uh, with the folks, with the guards. 
But this, to have uh, cocaine brought into into the into the you know, White House, uh, on top of that, uh, you know, get it past security. That's number one. The security folks, uh, the dogs are there, and they would be alerted to it. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, so whoever brought it in, uh, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, or I don't want to sound like uh, you know someone who's raising an, a false alarm. The fact is that whoever brought it in had to have brought it in and uh, gotten away with it. Mm-hmm. Gotten away with it. They had to have been in a high enough position that they got away with it. Either they avoided the uh, the dogs, uh, which, in my opinion, they probably did. They avoided the dogs, uh, or they uh, or and um, they were uh, in in a very sensitive place mm-hmm. uh, where they used it. So uh, it was just, I mean, this this is this situation. Uh, it, it's really it reflects so poorly, mm-hmm. so so poorly, on the White House, right. and it just doesn't seem. You know, again, the major media doesn't seem to be playing it like that. Certainly, I was very stunned by the president when he was asked about it uh, on uh, yesterday morning, and all he did was just laugh it off. Right. Um, it, it reflects so poorly on the character of this White House, so poorly. Well, and and that's exactly right. And, I mean, it seems to me, you know, as a citizen looking at this, uh, not necessarily a partisan, although obviously I don't like President Biden, but he is the occupant there and he gets, you know, he lives in the White House and the White House uh, is what it is. But it it sure seems to me like like if this it had to be somebody who knew he wasn't going to go through the dogs or through the through check, because, look, I'm not an expert on security, but those dogs, there's you can't get anything through them. I mean, if I've been at the they airport, they are extra sensitive. They are bombs. Absolutely. To, uh, I mean, that that's the reason they use them. Gunpowder. I mean, they are oh. absolutely extra sensitive. And they and they don't have to necessarily smell it in front of them. I mean, they could probably smell it, you know, even a few yards away from them because their sense of uh, is that strong. So, you know, if they if somebody got through security like this, it scares me. Tremendously, right? Because it means that there's a breakdown in security. That it's a scandal for the Secret Service if that's what happened. It would be a scandal, and it, it would get very ugly for for them. But if, on the other hand, it was somebody, and this is the theory I've heard, George, it was somebody who didn't have to go. Through, it didn't exactly didn't that's have exactly to go through the checkpoint. That's yeah. exactly what I think. Right. It had so, to be somebody that that. Did not have to go through security. So who? But and who would that be? I mean, it who would have to be? Again, it would have to be the immediate staff. Okay. Of the of, of the first family. The immediate. All right. So staff. you're talking what about. Okay. So so when let's say the president goes into the White House, he obviously doesn't go through this. They don't Correct. check him, or the first lady, let's say. Correct. Or the children, uh, whatever, uh, or the grandchildren. In the case of however. Bush, However, yeah. there are many occasions where they have to, they may not go through, but they go by where right. the, the dogs the, are. The dogs and are, and the thing. dogs would pick they, up anything like that. They still have to go by right. where the dogs are. So uh, it would have to be, you know, to, to follow up on your point, it would have to be the first family, somebody in the first family, 
or the staff. Now, who do you by staff? Well, when I say mean? the staff, I'm not talking about you know uh, the receptionist. Uh, or the receptionist. Or I'm not talking right. about that. It has to be somebody that uh, like the chief of staff or maybe okay. the deputy chief of staff. All right. Uh, for for uh, would the secretary of state, for example, I'm, I'm not you know putting the names secretary out. of state. Well, would the Secretary of State have to go through the same yes, security? No. Yeah, if it's not, well, if, it, okay. if it's not someone who lives at the White House, okay, you know, then they still have to go through that. They of course, still have the Chief of Staff doesn't live in the White House, so uh, but he gets he usually gets a pass because he's usually with the, the president, right. uh, or uh, if he's arriving, you know, for work early in the morning, he goes through it. Right, uh, I, but it, it's very. Uh, very, very liberal of a of a uh, search that that's conducted on him. Right. Uh, but I mean, it, it has to be because you're talking about the White House. Yeah. You're talking about the security of the president. I mean, if I mean, you you don't want to run any chance that that there's going to be somebody in there, because if you can get cocaine in there, there's other powder you, you get can get gun. in there. You could get a gun. I mean, you, yeah, cocaine, you can get a lot of stuff in there. Cocaine right. and and, and gunpowder. The dogs would sniff it. The dogs right. would pick it up. Well, I, as I say, I don't know the answer uh, to what happened. It is embarrassing, I think. It's I feel bad. bad for the Secret Service because... Well, they are they're, gonna, they're the ones that are going to be the fall guys. They're, they're the ones that are going to get jumped on. And I guarantee that eventually... It, uh, you know, I, I just don't see this story uh, being vetted properly right. Uh, right. By, by the mainstream media. So I think that eventually... Uh, a, a member of the uh, of the Secret Service uh, of the security is uh, is going to be jumped on is going to become the scapegoat, and that'll be the end of it. Now, one last question about this, George. Uh, where exactly did they find this? Uh, it, at first, it, it it sort of came out that it was like uh, I don't know, not not close to where the president was, maybe. One of the offices, let's say, where you used to work, something a little bit more far away. But now we're finding out that it's actually in a pretty secluded place or a place. I believe that it's the one of the conference rooms. Yeah. Uh, the last that I heard was that it was a conference room in the West Wing. Okay. And there's only two of them there, um, small conference rooms. So the oh, West right. Wing, uh, I, I I didn't watch that TV show, so I, I don't. <laughs> I didn't watch that. But the West Wing is. Where the all the action happens. That's where all the offices are. The president, I guess, the chief of staff. At the far end of the West Wing. Yes. Okay. The vice president doesn't have an office there, right? No, no. The vice president is um, in another building. In another building. Okay. Anyway, so it the whole thing is very confusing. And uh, really... I mean, I, you know, uh, again, it is so. This looks so bad for the Biden family. Yes, that's exactly. the only thing I can tell. Is that's that, right. That's. It looks well, very, very bad. Yes, and and it because I think you're right. I, I mean, the reports that I've heard is that it had to be somebody who, if he didn't go through the checkup, had certain benefits of going in. Yes. So it it had to be. I mean, there aren't that many people. It's sort of like when they stole when they leaked the draft of the Supreme Court opinion. I mean, there's only like the 30 people, people in the world. Yeah. yeah I mean, this is not like they put it in some public. It's not like they put it on Facebook and they say, here's the draft that we're working on. Uh, and, and, and the other thing, uh, Silvio, this, this afternoon I heard 
uh, on MSNBC, them trying to make, uh, them trying to equal this uh, scandal to Ollie North, who was selling arms uh, to Nicaragua. You know, I, did I'm they sorry. really? Did they? They actually did that. Yes, yes, yes. Did they understand that, very, that the arms in Nicaragua were in Central America? Yeah. Not in the White House. Yep. Okay. And you know, to a large degree, it was for the defense of America. You can say you can make a stretch and say that's what it was for. What was this for, other than right. for a party? <laughs> well, sure. And 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 I mean, I remember the Iran Contra scandal quite well. I'm sure you do too. I think you were probably there. Yeah, we were in there. <laughs> yeah, we were in there. And uh, but I mean, I remember that whole thing. That was about sending guns to the Contras, if you remember. Correct. But to the best of my knowledge, please correct me if I'm wrong, they'd never found any powder in the nope. White House for those guns, right? Yep. I mean, and even the guns themselves, if I recall. Nancy was, Reagan used to get mad if we used the wrong fork. Okay. <laughs> well, good for, good for Mrs. Reagan. Good for Mrs. Reagan. Eating at a function in, uh, you know, I can just imagine what she would say if somebody left some Coke. Well, in the I West mean, yes, and <laughs> and how embarrassing this has to be for, as you say, the President well, Biden and the, the first word lady. there is embarrassing, and I'm you know I'm not sure that anymore that uh, that some of these people are capable of being embarrassed. Right. Well, that's right. I don't know. It's just remarkable. But but anyway, uh, I think they they need to get to the bottom of it, or at least oh, gosh, explain yeah. to the people. What happened? Because this How is the kind of issue. This is not a partisan issue. This is. No. I know that it's it gets This is an American. That's right. I know that it's going to get politicized, as everything does. But I think the average person looking at this, who doesn't maybe get into politics that much, looks at this and says, "What do you mean? There's cocaine in the White House? How does that happen?" So, I don't know. I, I hope they <laughs> they find whoever did it, and I didn't do it. No, I didn't do it either. I haven't been to the White House in the last few few hours. So, so so I didn't do it. But George, as always, thank you so much for, for your time. And I think you and I are going to have a lot of fun the rest of the baseball season because it oh, looks yeah. like the Astros and the, the Rangers Astros are, are going to be at each other. So probably sometime in September, they'll have a, an important series to play. And we'll but I don't see, know about, uh, if I've told you, I, I, I really hate the Yankees. <laughs> well, yes, but that's, uh, you know what they used to say, I remember when I went to school in Maryland, uh, when I was going to school there, that uh, one of the, the radio announcer for the Orioles, one time the, the Orioles were playing in Fenway Park, and it was a very competitive September game, it was a pennant race, and uh, the, the, the radio, the Chuck Thompson, who, Chuck Thompson, who was the, the, the Orioles uh, radio announcer, an amazing voice, he passed away a few years ago, it was just a great baseball announcer he was they were broadcasting a game from Fenway Park and he said folks the people here don't like the Orioles because they're a competitor okay but it, they put up with the Orioles but they hate the Yankees okay <laughs> <laughs> and I, I know how you feel I know how you feel <laughs> about that yes they hate the Yankees George have a great uh, have a great weekend Thank you. And uh, we'll get together again the next time. Hopefully, they'll resolve the property taxes issue. Yes. because that's, The money uh, will hanging. be dispersed. <laughs> yes. And the school choice issue is the other one that's hanging there, too. Hopefully, uh, they will get to that uh, as well. I think those two are important, not just issues, but I think politically they're important for the governor. Yeah. 
and I hope he gets them. They need to make a decision. They do. They have to move the ball on those. Have a great weekend, uh, George, and thank you, as always, for your time. Thank you. All right. Our good friend, uh, George Rodriguez, just a couple of issues uh, that we were going through this week. I think this whole story, if I could put it uh, in a nutshell here in a wrap-up, this whole story with the cocaine is troubling because it is the White House, and it doesn't matter who the occupant of the White House is, it is the White House. And the idea that somebody could get cocaine into the White House is a, you know, it's a security breach. And I, look, I always give the benefit of the doubt to the Secret Service because those guys are really good. To get something through those guys, you, you know, it's almost impossible. And it is, it's not just the men who are the Secret Service guys, but the dogs and the other equipment that they have. So I don't know who brought this in, but I'm inclined to think that it was somebody who, who was able to get in without being checked. Or maybe it was a failure of security. Either way, it's a bad story. Either way, it's a bad story. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful weekend. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas. It's great to be back with you. And we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.